Welcome to Podstale. I'm your host, Holly Walter from the Office of Communication, and we are excited to be back with you for season two. You know, before we launched this season, we surveyed listeners to find out what they liked and what we could improve upon on our podcast. We will take that feedback and you're likely to see some slight changes and new additions to our episodes this season. To kick off season two, we are going to talk about a week in Scottsdale that's like no other. Of course, I'm talking about the WM Phoenix Open, which just wrapped up on February 13th. But more importantly, we are going to talk to some of Scottsdale's finest, our public safety professionals who manage the event and keep fans safe. But first, let's check in with Stephanie Harada for this episode's Fast Five. Hi, I'm Public Affairs Specialist Stephanie Harada with five fast things happening around the city you need to know. Starting us off at number five, Scottsdale is seeking your input on the Old Town Plan and Zoning Ordinance updates. Three two-hour open house sessions will be held Monday, March 7th at the Community Design Studio. Each session will cover topics such as open space, building height, mixed-use development, bonus provisions, and discussion groups to collect public input. If you can't make one of the sessions, the city has also created an online self-guided open house. To find out more or register for a session, visit scottsdaleaz.gov and search Old Town Updates. Coming in at number four, City Council has appointed Marion T. Bayardi as Scottsdale's next presiding judge. Bayardi holds a Juris Doctorate from the University of Arizona College of Law and has more than 30 years of experience in the legal field. She will step into the role currently held by Judge Joseph Olkovage, who is retiring after 42 years of service in Scottsdale. To learn more about Scottsdale City Court, visit scottsdaleaz.gov and search City Court. Looking for a rewarding part-time job? Then our number three spot is for you. Scottsdale Parks and Recreation is currently hiring lifeguards to work at our aquatic centers throughout the year. Lifeguarding is a fun and serious job that teaches money management, responsibility, effective communication, and more. Don't miss this fantastic opportunity. Learn more about the job and hiring process by visiting scottsdaleaz.gov and search lifeguard. In our number two spot, the library is updating their strategic plan and we want to hear from you. The survey only takes two to five minutes and provides valuable feedback so our libraries can better serve the community. Those who complete the survey will be entered into a raffle to win an iPad mini. To take the survey, visit scottsdalelibrary.org. Finishing off the list at number one, we want to welcome our new diversity program director, Jackie Johnson. Prior to joining the city, Jackie's career has been focused on equitable access in municipal government and education. In her new position, she will set the strategic direction for Scottsdale's DEI initiatives, integrating diversity with the city's core mission and values. Welcome, Jackie. We're so happy to have you on board. And that's our Fast Five for this episode of Podsdale. Got something for a future Fast Five? Tell us by emailing communications at scottsdaleaz.gov. I'll turn it back over to you. Holly? Thanks, Stephanie. So we're very pleased to have two of our uh, public safety representatives in the studio with us today. We have Sergeant Kevin Kwan with the Scottsdale Police Department and Captain Dave Folio with Scottsdale Fire Department. We were able to catch up with them now. They've had an opportunity to take a breather following one of Scottsdale's most recognizable events, the WM Phoenix Open, and they're here to talk to us about it today and what they do to keep all of the attendees safe while they're out there having fun. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll start with you, Sergeant. Why don't you give us a quick overview of how long you've been with the police department and a little bit about your career history. So I just passed 14 years um, with here and I started on patrol. 
I actually went to computer crimes uh, doing digital forensics, and then I promoted to sergeant, and I've been in the PIO role for just over a year now. Um, so it's been exciting, really cool to be a part of a ton of investigations and now to be part of this unit that our chief created where it's outreach and, and getting our message out uh, to the public and to our internal partners. Mm -hmm. And so for those not familiar with the PIO role, you serve as the department spokesperson essentially and work with the media, uh, communicate what the department is doing. Absolutely, yeah. So we, we deal with anything that comes in from media questions and our communication from our internal partners, external partners, social media, all that stuff that we deal with. Great. Now, Captain Folio, let's get a brief background on your history with the department. Yeah, so I've been on the, the department for over 27 years. I was uh, initially with uh, the, the department that was before Scottsdale transferred over, and I'm currently working on uh, Northeast Deputy, and that's uh, kind of a dual role where we play as a safety officer, command officer on the battalion ride, and we also fill in as public information officer on those large incidences. So we can, once the incident is stable, we can step away and kind of fulfill the roles of the public information officer. Um, I've been really lucky in the past probably seven years now, I've been the public information officer for the uh, WM uh, Phoenix Open. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so uh, exciting this year. Well, yes, let's talk about the greatest show on grass. I think a lot of people were excited to be back, and that was really apparent during that week. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the attendance numbers to start. Yeah, I, I would say Monday. It started Monday. Actually, it started Saturday night because we did the concert in the Coliseum at the 16th hole. I've never seen so many people in in the Coliseum. That's an epic hole. Um, it's iconic. It's where the hole-in-ones take place, which we'll talk about here in a little while. Uh, with Sergeant Kwan's moment, but um, yeah, what a uh, what a what a what a great way to start it. So Saturday night went off without a hitch. Believe it or not, we only had three calls for service that night. So you you put that many people in a venue to watch a concert. It's their first time. We had two trips and like one uh, heat exhaustion, and that was just from the buildup. Uh, you know, it was cold in the morning, hot in the afternoon. But then it led into Monday. Uh, Monday, as we're sitting in the command center watching the people come through the front gates, I think. Everybody had a sense that this was going to be a little different than the the past two years, obviously last year and then the year before. Mm -hmm. So we were going off numbers from two years ago, um, and then and then twelve o'clock hit and we had we started running calls and we quickly upstaffed. So the the big thing with this is you, being in the unified command system with with all the players is we were able to adjust on the fly and we were ready for that. For instance, we had I think two carts up that day and quickly realized we needed to bring inside outside services in to help us with that. And then we upstaffed the rest of the week. Okay. Now, when we talk about attendance numbers, what are some of the estimates that we have for this? This year, we had heard on a Monday, which typically gets around 20 to 25,000, that they were already in excess of 40, 40,000 people on Monday. So that's one of the things that we were able to talk about in our morning briefing is we exceeded the, the numbers by that much that we knew it was just going to exponentially go up. Um, we have heard kind of aggregate probably over a million people total that have attended the entire week event um, with easily about 300,000 just on Saturday alone. Um, and it was just an amazing, uh, Captain Foley could talk about it, the, the aura, the, the difference of the crowd this year, it, it was very hard to explain. People were extremely happy, it, incredible to be outside. Um, the 
compassion. Just, it was it's such a different feeling this year than, than years past. Um, and so I think that really played into people being outside, getting to experience golf, getting to experience each other again. Uh, it just made it for a great event. And it's essentially you're managing a city in itself. We more than double our population with those attendance numbers. Let's talk about, you mentioned the Incident Command Center. Just how do you coordinate together to keep visitors safe? Yeah, so communication's huge, especially in an event like this, like we were talking about. Um, you know, I would, back to the numbers too, I would, I've, I've been doing this for many, many years, and that Saturday was, like you said, a lot of people, um, probably up in the 300,000s. Um, as we go through that, uh, the, the communication's so important. You know, everybody's sitting in, a, in the command center, all egos put aside, see something, say something, and not afraid to bring up the little things from a trip hazard all the way up to, you know, something with our hazardous materials teams, you know. Um, and like you said, I, so I did a lot of media this week. We probably did 18 live shots. I would go over to the set of Channel 3 and do a live shot there every afternoon at 4 o'clock to kind of give a recap and a behind-the-scenes of public safety. So um, one of the things that, that just grabs me every year is – you know, on that on that day, Saturday, we only had, I think we had 52 calls for service, but we only transported 11 people mm -hmm. because of the alternative care tent that we set up that we can talk about also, um, just to uh, alleviate that. But communication, sitting in there and being being willing to change it up like we did that, that Monday all the way through, learning Monday we need this, Tuesday we need this, leading all the way up to Saturday. You know, what if this happens? We're able to blow out this gate to relieve the pressure, that type of stuff is just uh, huge with the communication between all of us. Sure. And fire essentially a stage to run medical calls. What are some of the things you see? Yeah, so uh, every year uh, the one one the PSA that I put out was uh, heels, you know, people trying to wear the heels, coming in the front gate, walking from the main gate all the way to 16. You usually see them carrying the heels in about five minutes and then asking you for a Band-Aid. So that's one of the things. Trip hazards from the uneven surfaces out there. Uh, heat, heat this year was a huge thing because it was so cold in the morning mm -hmm. and then in the afternoon it, it heated up and people weren't sure to tie their jacket around their waist, keep it on, sit out at Greenskeeper, continue to, you know, take in a few beverages. So we really preached, you know, the, the wearing the comfortable shoes, the wearing the comfortable clothing and along with that hydrating the day before you came out to the open was huge this, this year. And, and like I said, with all the media we got, I think we were able to get that message out. And uh, back to Sergeant Kwan's uh, point, too, like the crowds were if you saw Scottsdale fire out there, we were wearing vests this year, ballistic vests, which made us look like police officers. So a lot of the times you would get I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Well, I'm a firefighter. I know you didn't do it. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, I think that was a sense of kind of what was going on the past year and the, the, the vibe of the just the whole country in general. But, um, man, the, everybody out there was, like you said, just uh, very compassionate. They're friendly. For the most part, they behave themselves. And um, we, I, I don't know how many calls for incidents that the Scottsdale police had, but we didn't have many where people were belligerent with us and or with anybody else. You know, it, you see that sign when you come in, respect the fan. And I think that was huge for the PGA to see that, you know, and besides what happened at 16. But <laughs> one, of, one of the cool things that we had is as we're outside, um, before people even came in, it's, it's one of those things like uh, Captain Folio said, if, you, if we see something, we're, we're going to say it. Well, we saw some intoxicated people coming in. Well, we want to just make sure we're talking to them and seeing, hey, are you OK? What's going on? And then, oh, you're you're pretty extreme intoxicated. 
before you even get into the event. So we'd call fire over and it's there. They have the medical expertise. I mean, we can do our observations, but they would come over on their carts or on their bikes. And it was great because they were able to really get through the crowd and do an assessment, medical assessment to make sure that people were okay. And that was the coolest aspect of having the unified command. That's great. And you touched on a very important subject, uh, just watching people as they enter and they leave the event, because, of course, when people leave and they're out on the streets of the city going home or wherever they're going to next, we want to make sure that they're safe and sober. Right. And how that kind of worked out this year, they had the rideshare lot over at Westworld. And so that really helped us to tell people, hey, here's your buses on this side. Here's the buses on the other side in order to get to the rideshare. It gives them a little bit more time to make the better decision rather than being right in the same area where it's, oh, I can just get right to my car. So that really helped as far as the the coordination and the efforts um, that were well designed ahead of time by the WM Phoenix Open staff, as well as uh, coordinated commands with fire and PD. What are some other ways uh, the department manages crowd control? So you see a lot of it has to do with presence. And we, we kind of get a lot of help from outside agencies, um, DPS, Tempe, Mesa, uh, Chandler. A lot of them will come and assist us with their bike units. And if you see on Saturday, I think we had 30-something bike units there for just the assistance of crowd control. It, it's amazing when you watch our bike units work either in our downtown or where there's a larger people that they can set up a modified area to deal with someone or to get the medical care to them. So the, the crowd control aspects is really about the presence and seeing, like like you talked about, um, you would see a fire person there, you should see a police person there. It's It's that constant visual, knowing that we're just a radio call away from assistance to get there, especially on 16, being in such a confined little area, there's so many officers and fire personnel walking around that are assigned just to 16 uh, because of the amount of people. So it's about just getting out the information that we needed to when we can. Right. Captain Folio, can you talk a little more about the care tent you mentioned earlier and how that works? Yeah. So uh, we've identified probably Wednesday through Sunday through our, our recent years that we needed an, an area to be able to bring people that were intoxicated. They could see a doctor. They could get an IV. They could get treatment. They could put their feet up in a lounge chair, uh, you know, all those type of things and be seen by a nurse. But they didn't necessarily have to go fill up a hospital bed. Um, we were we were overloading our hospitals with in the in the area of the open with intoxicated patients. Well, they just needed time to drink some water, rehydrate, and then what we would do is we would we would treat them, have them sign a refusal and release them to a family member and or a rideshare, somebody that would come get them, make sure they get home safe. Uh, so that that would eliminate probably 30 transports that we had throughout just probably Wednesday through Saturday alone. Uh, so that was one of the things that we identified early uh, to be able to just to just help with that. And then uh, another thing too is what a lot of people don't realize too is if we were to have a major incident at the open, we're on the automatic aid system. So we could pull from Tempe, we could pull from Chandler, Phoenix. We would have a lot of resources there quickly to be able to handle that incident. So uh, that's that's one of the communications. Back to that piece too. What a lot of people didn't notice about the crowd this year, what Sergeant Quan was talking about, the bike teams and all that. A couple of years ago, actually two years ago, we had a 
people line up at 3.30 in the morning to be able to get to hole 16 mm-hmm. to the general admission. So what we kind of kept a secret this year was that you could still show up at 2.30, 3.30 in the morning, but we were going to stagger you. And we didn't let that out until the gates actually opened. So what we did is we staggered them into a like a kind of like an area where it lessened the flow of just letting opening the gates and running because they trampled over the 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 pro-am personnel that were there the barricades last year people fell we had probably three fall injuries right there so those are just some of the things that we worked with the pga the thunderbirds pro-am and then scottsdale pd to change that up our fire marshals would get in there early in the mornings on monday and they'll direct they'll redirect that flow of traffic okay now, from the PD perspective, we talked about fire and uh, dehydration, um, heat exhaustion, intoxication. What are some of the things you see from the police perspective? Our big thing, too, at the open itself is we want to let people know that if you cause an incident, you're you're going to be probably trespassed right away. Okay. And it's because it is a private course. So they, they have the ability to do that. Now, if you're unruly, if there's fights, if there's something that rises to a level that it's criminally there, then an arrest happens. But that's never what we want to do. We'd like to escort you out, tell you you need to sober up or you need to just be calm. There there wasn't as much this year as we saw in, in years past. And, and I think that really just plays to people coming out and enjoying themselves. Sure. Um, so our whole thing is making sure that people are being safe. Uh, as Captain Folio said uh, about the, we affectionately call running to the bowls, but the breakfast club people on Saturday morning, um, it was fantastic. Uh, the way that everybody, volunteers, the the fire department, the whole tournament and the PD came together to guide people where to go in the safest manner. I, I recorded it for about 15 minutes and you didn't have the mass chaos. A- and they did such a good job of just releasing a certain amount of people to go to 16 kind of giving it a little break, releasing another group. You still saw people running and having a great time trying to get there like they always do, but the path was known and where they were going to go, and it just flowed so much better than years past. For Just for us, for safety standpoint, it was amazing to watch it. Yeah. It's great. It worked that way. Can we talk more about the planning that goes into coordinating together on this event? It doesn't happen a week before, a month before. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. Can you share some details on that? So kind of as of right now, uh, we're already in the works for next year, uh, knowing that Super Bowl is coming. The Super Bowl, Chief always likes to talk about Super Bowl is in, the Super Bowl game is in Glendale, but everything happens in Scottsdale. And the parties, the groups, the, the everything that's here will happen here. So we have to plan ahead of time to make sure that we've got everything in place, how many numbers were there. If we saw a fraction of what we saw this year, just add another 100,000 people that are coming in for the game as well. So it's always in the works. We, we plan months in advance, and, and right now it's it's already started. We have multiple meetings with all of the um, partners that are involved in it uh, to make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, there's, there's notices that go out, hey, this is what we've had, this is what we thought about, and then it just keeps flowing through. Yes. Uh, another thing, too, is just the men and women of the Scottsdale Police Department and the fire department. I mean, th- so what people didn't see, too, is you could get on a bus at the WM Phoenix Open and you could take that down to downtown. So we had to upstaff downtown along with a normal staffing of our fire trucks out in the field, you know, an all hazards fire department being fully staffed 
and then just the men and women of the Scottsdale Fire Department and police stepping up to say, hey, I'll work that night shift because I know those units down there are going to be busy. Um, we probably, I flew a, a drone and I, I it was, it, once again, it, I went down there, I got there probably at nine o'clock and I've never seen the traffic and the congestion. People coming into the Scottsdale area because we've revitalized our downtown district and people are loving going down there. So, um, yeah, just uh, they were tired. You know, we worked long hours. We, we literally would have people come in and do the open. They would work the bird's nest, which was a whole nother party after the party. You know, after the, the open, we'd, we'd transition people over to the bird's nest to help take care of people over there, make sure they got out of there. And then when they had transitioned downtown and then try and get them rest before they went back on shift, maybe the next day or the, or, you know, the following day. So, um, it was all hands on deck, and uh, like you said, the the planning's already started for for the next year's Great. Super Bowl year. It's definitely a lot of work and a united effort. It is, Captain. What have you seen? What's what are some of the crazier moments you've seen while working the open? Man, some of the you know probably this year the right off the bat Monday we had the lady enter the water right there at uh, the Greenskeeper. Um, you know, that's like we, I talked about on the live channel. That's just gross. Don't do that. You know, you'll, you'll be trespassed and you try to get the message out Monday. Like, please don't do that. We don't want to encourage that. And then, uh, probably the whole 16, you know, um, when you, when you have the hole in one and you have your partner there that that's filming that moment, um, that's, that's a really cool moment. Cause uh, you know, it's just, uh, something that doesn't happen very often. So, uh, and then other than that, probably, you know, the running of the bulls is always the running of the people is always cool to see for mm -hmm. Saturday morning. Those are the moments that, you know, we worked late hours on that that Friday night at the bird's nest. But I was up at 430 because I wanted to see that, you know, that moment, even though knowing that they were going to be staggered, it was still cool because, you know, I was on a cart chasing them all the way up the 16th hole. Uh, other than that, you know, you're just uh, you're just working the day. You're just hoping nothing happens. And. You know, you're constantly, you know, you're getting with your hazmat crews and all your teams just to make sure everybody's good. But, yeah, I don't – other craziness just didn't really happen this year for me. I mean – which is great. I mean, that, that's exactly that's what, what you want. That's what yeah. we wanted. We wanted the safety, one of the aspects of it. We started planning with uh, uh, Dr. Michael Golding, who was the tournament chairman, kind of way ahead of it. How can we get PSAs out to talk about bag policy, to talk about what to bring, what not to bring, um, the, the aspects of the safety changes that were going to be happening. And so um, it, it worked out better than we could have imagined as far as the safety, safety side went. Um, we're always prepared. But you never know. And that was the cool part about just having that unified command and, and planning so far well in advance. Well, Sergeant Juan, we've alluded to this, but you had a pretty amazing moment at this year's event. You happened to be broadcasting live on 16 when Sam Ryder hit his hole in one. Let's talk about that moment. So the funny part is it almost didn't happen. Um, so we went on Instagram Live. Just the, our whole point was to talk about rideshares, talk about designated drivers, and making sure everyone's being safe. That that's kind of what our message was the whole time. Uh, so we watched the group before. I wanted to give our followers kind of like a little bit of the ambiance to to feel what happens when a ball even gets close. So that ended, and we were like, okay, maybe we'll just be okay for the time. We're like, well, we need to hit our Facebook followers as well. So we go back out, and I had just looked up at our crowd that was I don't know, about 20 people right in front of us. And I was like, Hey, whatever happens, can you guys just scream? Like, just, I, I want to give our followers like the loudness of it. And, and, uh, sure enough, uh, being a golf fan, uh, watching Sam hit the ball, watching the, the, the side spin go in and then it dropped. It was, it was just pandemonium. Like it was, I 
jumped right into being a crazy fan. And I mean, you saw the video. It's just it's just what happened. Um, it, when you look at it, I step back a little bit and then realize, oh, beer's being thrown. And I look up and it's just huge rain rain delay of, of beer going over my head. And I was like, that's pretty darn cool. Um, the, it's very hard to articulate how actually loud the, the whole entire hole was. Um, but it was surreal. It was super fun. Um, all of our comrades give us a, give me a hard time, yes. especially Captain Folio on live yeah. TV. Because I didn't um, get the shot. So we're, <laughs> we're, it seems like we're constantly competing with each other to get that good shot and to get the message out. And uh, it was super cool. I was happy for him to get that. Um, you know, but my phone was blowing up. Um, yeah, so so I had an opportunity. I, I, I went live that next morning and I think it was Chan. I was with Fox 10, and I'm I'm live, and I'm I couldn't help myself. I'm like, when do you ever see a rain delay for beer? It's it's 81 degrees. It's blue skies. You're at the epic hole 16, and there's a rain delay because of beer. So. Uh, it was a fun moment. I, it was cool to see you capture that. So. That was fun. Were you walking around with a soaked uniform for the rest of the day? I was, but thank goodness that we were recorded it in live so that our chief knew that I wasn't consuming alcohol <laughs> on duty. My, it, I just smelled like it, but I, I did get a change of clothes because we did have to work the birthdays that night. But um, it was it was just really, really fun to be a fan of golf. Absolutely. Well, it's a great event, and we really appreciate all you do to keep our visitors safe and our attendees safe at that event and appreciate you being here today and we look forward to all the madness happening again one year from now thank you thanks a lot that wraps our first season two episode of podsdale and with that i'll ask you this what do you enjoy most about the wm phoenix open email communications at scottsdaleaz.gov to be entered into our gift card drawing I'll be back later this month with another episode. Until then, have a great week and stay safe.